you like shopping. Even though you, you're good about money, you like shopping a lot. And I know Blaine is always like, budget. <laughs> He's a Capricorn through and fucking through. Um, it's not, you're an it's Aries. Not even, it's is, not even a budget. It's just like, I have, he's like, oh, I've not, I have not bought anything for myself in like five months. And I'm like, go on Amazon now, now. <laughs> Hit up dopamine now. Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back to the episode of The Gals Guide. We are a dating and lifestyle podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Emily. Happy Monday, and welcome back to another episode of our podcast. Emily <laughs> has been living my dream freaking <laughs> life, and I'm just over here, you know, chilling, um, constantly jealous. Who, oh, me? <laughs> <laughs> oh you yes freaking you <laughs> no so yeah i i got invited to the jonas brothers uh los angeles one night only concert literally last night i'm still recovering on only like five hours of sleep afterwards um but it was like a semi-private show they didn't like announce the location i think unless you got tickets i'm pretty sure yeah, um, it seemed very like hush hush, which I kind of yeah. liked. It made it seem like, like almost like a speakeasy concert. It was very well, cool. It was a very small venue. It was in an old theater in downtown LA, and I got invited for work from from the record label, and was honored to have a chance to go. And it was a really really fun show. They played all the songs off the album. Mm-hmm. The new release that's coming out on May 12th. And honestly, I really do like a lot of the songs. And Nick talked about at the top of the show that a lot of the songs you're going to hear on the album are centered around, like, family and fatherhood. And I didn't realize Aww. that all of them have daughters. They're all dads. Wait. What? Yeah. Did I know that Joe was a dad? Willa is his daughter's name. Yeah. Okay, well, I totally missed that pregnancy or birth or whatever <laughs> happened there, adoption. I don't know. Um, what? I knew Nick and um, Priyanka. Kevin yeah. were dad. Like, I knew Nick and Kevin were dads, but I mm-hmm. didn't think Joe had a child. But okay, interesting. Yeah. Look at me learning something new every day. And they're all girl dads. They're all, they all have daughters, Aww. which I think is so cute. And they have a song on the album that is about um, their daughters, which I think is really sweet. That is um, really sweet. But... Priyanka was also there. She had a movie. Homegirl had a movie premiere and then went and was and then came to the show after that. And I was like, you're I booked think and busy. She's fabulous. She's booked and busy. And like I I'm am- I'm like, amazed I would she literally was able to do be it. I'd literally be drooling over her husband in the same room as her. Like Oh no, one thousand percent. Like the like, second he's Nick came on. So hot. I can't like I can't I look at his face every day on my rearview <laughs> mirror. And I just can't believe he's a real human. Um, The second he came on stage and sung Closer, I was like, not me going completely feral for this man while his wife is in the room. (laughs) But that song, that song is so sexy. So like, Mm -hmm. mm, mm -hmm. Mm yeah. So it was a big one for Nick girls. Uh, Yeah. uh, But no, the whole new album was really really cool there's a lot of songs on there that i'm really looking forward to one of my favorites i think is um vacation eyes and then 
Catching Feelings is also another one favorite of mine. But it's a really good vibe. I think if you really have liked a lot of the stuff they've been doing, um, you're going to really like it. I mean, if, especially if you were a fan of Happiness Begins. And they did play a couple of their old hits. Uh, and... You know, not every song, because like I know the New York residency that they did and on Broadway, like they did different albums on every night, and so it's really sad that I'm not going to be able to hear um, "Good Night" and "Goodbye" or "Just Friends" um, or "Still in Love with I You." No, I know. It's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. Um, <laughs> but uh, and no, it was a really good show, and I. I had a great time. They had no opening acts. It was just them and a really nice old vintage theater, very small crowd. Um, got to meet Alex Cooper from Call Her Daddy. She was also there, went up and said, hey, girl. Um, and that was it. I was like, I'm not going to ask you for a photo. That's not my vibe. <laughs> you're like, I'm just here living my best life. I just want to say hi. you're also we, here, so Yeah, hi. you've given me a lot of great advice over the years. <laughs> Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. We do that love was, Alex. And she did just get engaged. Like, she is living her best life, too. <laughs> she is stunning in person, and her ring was stunning as well. Like, oh my gosh. I know. Gorgeous. I would be terrified to wear that kind of size ring out in public. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but no. it's really pretty. Yeah. And she's a lot shorter than I thought. I was very shocked. I she feel gives like a lot of people that give off tall energy are actually short queens. And I am here for it because we are both not very tall. Like, she's so. not short, short. She's not, like, you know, five foot or anything like that. But I, like, expected her to be, like, like 5'11". I don't know why. 5'10". She's probably, like, what, like 5'6", five, 5'7"? Five, yeah. Like, average height. I was like, huh. <laughs> News to me. But um, still radiant as ever and um i did not see priyanka unfortunately i was on the hunt for sophie turner though like Mm -hmm. i we all know joe and sophie are like my favorite celebrity couple and i really would have loved to have seen sophie but uh i don't know if she was there um i she might have been but uh uh, yeah, it was. They are so funny. Their paparazzi photos kill me. Mm-hmm. The way they like mess with them and stuff. I think it's so funny. But yeah, and I, I thought it was, so I was like looking at the photos after the show uh, that their tour photographer took. And I totally forgot that. I knew this was like a running joke. I didn't know if it was still a running joke, but there was like a teleprompter on the stage uh, where the speakers are at that have like all the lyrics to the songs. And like Joe commonly often forgets the lyrics to especially their old songs a lot. And I was just like, oh my God, I didn't even pay attention to see how often he was looking down to see the lyrics. Oh my gosh. Honestly though, like with that, like even like with Taylor Swift, like with that many songs, like I just feel like there there could possibly be a slip up by accident. Well, you know, especially if they did something like the New York residency where they were replaying like the old albums and it's like they're playing, you know, games which they haven't played in like twenty years. Um, mm-hmm. I would want be like I need to learn all the things all over again. I mean, not me because I am fluent in everything and I'm obsessive and they were my little like oxygen as a teenager but you know it's fine percent well Uh, i mean that's like with taylor doing all of her like surprise songs like she's having to go back and like revisit songs she probably hasn't one ever sang live mm -hmm. but two 
hasn't ever hasn't sang in like so long. So yeah, I mean, the other night she did "Cold as You." And I, I know. Was like, I, I literally was like, "Cold as You." Oh my god, what a flashback! <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ, the very first fifth track. Like, I know. I was like, Wow, we are taking it back. Also, so, the fact that she wrote that song when she was like. 13, I know, 14. I know. When she said that, I was like, holy cow, girl. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, yeah. I wrote my first three songs were like <laughs> called Crushed, Rushed, and something else that rushed. <laughs> I don't remember, but they were really dumb. <laughs> we need these songs on an EP desperately. I oh do God. at least. Oh my God. How funny would that be? Put them on Spotify immediately. I mean, Please. the the crushed one. I can. I, I pretty much know the whole song. Could sing it right now. Oh uh, my god! It was, the fir- it was literally the first song I ever wrote about this guy that used to live in my neighborhood, and he lived in the cul-de-sac. And I just thought he was so cute. And so I wrote this love song about him, and I also wrote him a love letter. And I rode my bike down to his mailbox, and I put it in. And then I left, and then I realized that I was a dummy and forgot to take my name off of it. So I rode my bike back down, and the letter was gone. So my neighbor probably got this love letter from me when I was, like, 10. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how did he you, cr- did he you recover? Crushed, he crushed my heart. No, I wrote a song about it. It's called okay. Crushed. Okay, so that's how you recovered was there. <laughs> yes. That's... Okay, my, cool. got it, my, got it. My, it was, it was, I wrote it in my fuzzy blue journal with an H on it. Not the fuzzy blue Not journal from Limited 2 or Claire's. 1,000%. <laughs> and it had the key. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, anybody with like a pair of pliers could have probably opened it simply. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I lost the key and it was just unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, the best part about this, Emily, you will think that this is funny. So, you know how, like, we always talk about how we would, like, like to write with a view, like a city view or people walking? Mm-hmm. Well, I put my desk in front of my window so I could look out on the, on the, um, uh, in the neighborhood street <laughs> while I was writing. How inspirational was that for you? <laughs> I mean, I wrote two pops, crushed and rushed. <laughs> and possibly flushed. <laughs> and possibly flushed. I cannot. Oh, my God. I hope that those neighborhood those neighborhood vibes. (laughs) I hope the concrete and crabgrass and clay dirt was inspirational. It it makes me think about that scene in the President's Daughter movie where she's like standing on the on the top floor and they like zoom into the window and she's like getting ready. Uh, Wait, wait, wait! wait, Are you talking about my date with the President's daughter? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, absolutely. I just my favorite can you, film. Can you yes, picture yes, that scene? Like yes. that was me. I was in the top floor of our house, sitting in the window, writing my love song, so my breakup Look, song. I need Disney Plus <laughs> to get that movie on the platform ASAP because I freaking it's not. Loved that that movie so much. <laughs> One. I absolutely, I do not know his real name. I'm so sorry, but the guy who played Eric Matthews in Boy Meets yes. World loved him, and then. On top of that, I always wanted the ring that she wears, that he gets her from the uh, little vending machine with the little eye blinking back and forth, that holographic ring. Always wanted it. Mm -hmm. And then I also, still to this day, want the velvet pink dress that she wears. Yes. Yes. Iconic. For for Vegas. 30th birthday. I will have to probably find somebody on Etsy to make it. (laughs) 
And maybe Velvet's not the move in Vegas in no, the summer. No, absolutely not. <laughs> it is not the move in July heat. Um, I'm just picturing you like, I am sweating. <laughs> I will want to crucify myself <laughs> at that point. Um, yeah, let's maybe not do that for alternatively, that Alternatively, did you ever see the movie um, Wish Upon a Star? Yes. Okay, the one, Catherine Heigl, like her first role. Thank you so much, because a lot of people do not know about this I know, movie, and, and I need people to know how iconic it is. Yes, I know. I, I really don't, like when people are like, I don't remember that one, I'm like, oh, what do you I, mean? I literally recorded it on VHS and repeated it because Those I... were the days when you could record your you. favorite movie on VHS. I was obsessed with that because I purely just wanted to be Alexia Wheaton. And I yes. was... Uh, this is how I knew I loved fashion because I wanted all of Katherine Heigl's outfits from that. It was my original Devil Wears Prada, truly, yeah. because the purple outfit she wears, like, on the first day with mm-hmm. the little mini skirt and yes. the nail polish, I tried so hard with my limited two budget to go and replicate this outfit so badly and, like, obviously couldn't do that. I'm right. 12. Right. Um, <laughs> I... I really, I wanted the purple lipstick. I wanted the purple nail polish. I wanted the blue outfit, everything about it. And then I remember watching it as an adult and realizing it is one of the only Disney films where they say the word virginity in it. Yes. I was going to say, I think I remember watching it and I was like, <gasps> what does that word mean? <laughs> oh yeah. I, I asked my mom, I think what it meant. And she gave me some like off the wall answer. Yes, yes, to pr- absolutely. To, prote- to protect your innocent self. Yes, but yeah, there's a, like a there's a line in it where she after um, Hallie finds out Alexia in Hallie's body, Hallie in Alexia's body, um, where Hallie quote unquote finds out that um, Alexia has like gone. Alex has gone and like got a hickey mm-hmm. on her neck, and while that's Hallie in Alex's body, it's so. Confusing. confusing. They swap bodies. They're sisters. They're sisters that swap bodies, basically. And uh, Hallie says, "What are you going to do next? Lose my virginity too?" And I was like, "Why? Like, why is that not said more often? Like, and stuff like that. Like, that was just really like Taboo iconic because almost, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's iconic in a way too because I mean, if you think about it, I mean, they were still high schoolers too. So that was bringing in a conversation of like you. Yeah. This beautiful girl who's, like, the most popular girl in school hasn't had sex yet. Like, let's talk about that. Like, let's make that, like, a more normal discussion so you don't feel like, you know, that's a normal thing you have to do when you're a teenager, you know? Right, right, exactly. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, I I thoroughly still to this day love that movie. Uh, It is still one of my favorites. It is 90s bliss, like, quintessential 90s film. But Mm. um, I digress. I don't know how we went from that to that. I will say my biggest disappointment from the night um, from seeing the Jonas Brothers was they didn't play anything from the Jonas L.A. album. And I feel like that would have been the supreme opportunity for me to burst out L.A. baby. Um, Did they you just only like, had one chance. How can you just, dis- you can't disown an album. I guess because they don't quote unquote own it. Like Disney owns it or whatever. Oh, but okay. it's L.A. baby. You're in Los Angeles. L.A. 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 Baby. Yeah. Yeah. So, that would have been um, iconic. I have my complaint with Nick and Joe and Kevin on that one um, for sure. So they need yeah. to fix that and amend that before they go on tour uh, supposedly this fall. Oh my gosh. I want to see them. There's there's no confirmation. I'm just hypo- hypo- guessing. Uh, but, <laughs> yes. Uh, 
What has been your captivation, though? Um, so I recently started um, the book The Hotel Nantucket by Ellen Hildebrand. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that I follow talk about how much they just love Ellen's books. Um, and they're all just like really well written and like good characters. And um, yeah, so basically the synopsis of it is um, after a tragic fire in 1922 that killed 19 year old chambermaid Grace Hadley, the Hotel Nantucket descended from a gilded age gym to a mediocre budget friendly lodge to inevitably an abandoned eyesore until it's purchased and renovated top to bottom by a London billionaire, Xavier Darling. And so far, it is really, really good. Um, I think it is going to be one of those where, like, maybe the twist isn't, like, super, like, like you may be able to figure it out. But Mm -hmm. so far, I am really, really enjoying it. And I know that she has written another, uh, like, a new book. I think it's called The Five Star Hotel that Mm -hmm. she sent out to, like, some of, um, like, the influencers and, like, people who are on her, like, um, list to get it before it's available to public. And a lot of people have been saying that that book is really good, too. It's about, like, like, um, like an older friend group in their, like, 40s and 50s, which is kind of nice to read from, like, a different perspective than, like, a high schooler. (laughs) Um, (laughs) like as much as I love little, like, you know, like our, like, you know, romance novels and stuff. A lot of times I feel like I'm getting to the point now where I'm like, "Eh, this is relatable kind of, but like, it's just nice to read from a different perspective. And, um, I'm trying to like branch out a little bit on authors so that I'm not reading like all of Emily Henry's books and all of Colleen Hoover's books. Okay, but Emily Henry has, like, taken over my TikTok, like, the past couple she days really for some has. reason. And I, I, I literally watched her walk up to a group of girls all reading her new book, and she was like, what book are you reading? They were like, shh, and, and it was like, doesn't, like, too good even for Emily Henry or something stupid, but it was cute marketing. Um, but, yeah, I'm just trying to branch out because, like, everyone always, you know, is, is – uh, telling people to read like Colleen Hoover and I love Colleen Hoover's books, but I'm just, I, I want to branch out. I want to read different, different authors. And Ellen Hildebrand was one that I had really wanted to read. So I hope it continues to be as good as it has been so far. So I have yet to read Colleen Hoover or Emily Henry books. I do own two Emily Henry books. I just have not opened them yet. Uh, um, the, I, I like beach read. That's my favorite. Um, wait, we read people we meet on vacation. No, we didn't. Oh, we I wrote. Going to. I I read it. You didn't read it. Oh <laughs> no, not me reading the whole book. Okay, um, <laughs> I read that book. Uh, it was fine. Beach read is good. And then I've read November 9th by Colleen Hoover, and I did really like November 9th. So I want to read. Tea. I I want to read Verity. Verity is the one that I like. Really want to read by her because it's totally different from everything else that she's written. Um, and I think I will like Verity more than I will her romance novels. So. I'm still in my Taylor Jenkins Reid era, so. <sighs> Taylor Jenkins Reid is a really, really good author. Mm-hmm. But what is your captivation this week? So mine, I feel like I've probably mentioned it before, but like in way past uh, because it is a brand new season. And I know that I'm mentioning this probably later to the game than I normally would, but um, that's fine. I know you have not seen this and you want to watch it, but I do not care. Um Okay. Succession. (laughs) Um, Oh, yes. I, this is why I would love for you to watch it right now, but you need to even finish Daisy Jones. Uh, But I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I, I love watching it right now as it's coming out because I 
truly feel like this is the closest I felt to when I was watching the final season of Breaking Bad live because I didn't watch the first couple seasons of Breaking Bad live. I caught up and then I was able to watch the final season live with everybody else. And then I went to like a viewing party for the finale and I've been watching Succession from the start live and I really just love this feeling of being able to watch it with other people, the communal aspect and like, you know, having that, not being able to binge finish it and like, you know, having that week by week, like HBO truly does water cooler shows so well because they make it to where you want to be able to like talk about the next day with your coworkers and hypothesize um, all these different things. But, um, I, I just truly feel like I'm watching history right now. Um, so I implore and like encourage everybody if you can, like watch the first three seasons as fast as you can so you can get up to everybody so you're able to watch the finale with everybody because I feel like a lot of people are doing that because I know uh, my roommate, she did that because she wanted to be able to watch the fa- the final season with everyone and she was like a couple days behind watching episode three of season four, which is one of the most iconic episodes. And when I say that, it's not an exaggeration. There's only a very handful of episodes of television in history that have ever gotten a 10 out of 10 on IMDb, which is the International Movie Database website. Mm -hmm. Um, Ozymandias from Breaking Bad is one of them. The second one is um, season four, episode three of Succession. Uh, wow. got 10 out of 10 from critics and audiences. Um, but yeah, it, it's a really, it was a really a great episode. And then, um, it just keeps getting better every, every episode. And I love how they're doing season four because season four, instead of it, you know, there's days in between the episodes, like how a normal show is like, you don't notice like the time change is like maybe a couple days in between different events and all that. The final season of succession, every episode is a single day. So, like, it is the day after the next day after the next day after the next day building up to something. And you're just like, okay, we've already hit, like, a huge fucking thing. Like, one of the major, like, events in episode three. We got, like, eight more episodes left. Like, what the fuck is going to happen? Like, um, by the end of this. So, it's it's really cool um, to be able to watch it and... Just, I know some people are like, oh my God, like, I don't understand like all the stock and like all the business talk. I don't think you need to understand it. Cause trust me, I don't either. Um, I will say it is definitely not a show for everyone. Um, because I really don't like it when people watch the show and they're like, oh, they're all assholes. Like, this isn't funny. I'm like, you have to genuinely yep. like unlikable characters. Cause no one in this show is a good person. I they like, all fucking I suck. I love the unlikable characters. I'm yeah, like, like I'm if you like for Shameless you. or like I It's Always Sunny. Shameless. Or Arrested Development, like stuff like that. But like, yeah. and people think it's so serious. I'm like, it's like a comedy underneath all of it. Like it's not that like Jeremy Strong, who plays Kendall Roy, he thinks it's a serious drama. He thinks it's like Hamlet and everybody else is like, no, like it's literally a comedy. You don't mm-hmm. understand. <laughs> um, it's just so subtle in it, and they're just absolutely sh- like assholes and shitheads. Like they are terrible people. Um, but I I like it, and I think it's so interesting. And yeah, it's it's one of my favorite shows, hands down, right now. Dang, dang. Yeah, I need, definitely need to watch it. Won't yeah. be able to catch up to watching it live, but I will watch it one day. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And then you'll be like, oh my God, episode three of this fourth season. I'm like, I told you how many years ago? A long time, a long time. It's okay. It's okay. But yeah, so today's episode, we're doing something a little bit more chill. We're doing a, you know, we're doing our duo episode. We don't have a guest on this week. So we're doing a little bit more low key episode and we're talking about dating again. Cause I feel like we haven't talked about it in a while and it still is one of our pillars of this podcast. But yes. we also talk about self care, spirituality, healing, um, friendship on this podcast as well. And if you're interested in any of that, you can look through our catalog. We have over 180 episodes and you can browse all the episodes on Apple, Spotify, wherever you stream podcasts. And while you're there, you can subscribe and leave us a rating and review. And then if you want extra content, you can head on over to our Instagram at the gals guide pod, our TikTok at the gals guide, um, and, or our personal Instagrams at Emily Elise and at Hannah Adams Miller. But we're going to do a couple ad reads really quickly. And then we're going to get into today's episode. Today, one thing I thought that would be really interesting to talk about that I feel like we've like lightly talked about before, especially with my dating history on this podcast, but mm-hmm. that is the theory of like, do opposites really attract? And I have always been a like very high proponent of no, that's not a thing. Like they don't, they don't, they don't work out. I've always been attracted to people who are very similar to me in some ways, But then I like was looking at comparisons from like online of different couples that are quote unquote opposites in different ways and how I actually am more attracted to opposite qualities. Maybe not a person who is the exact opposite of me in totality Mm -hmm. because that is a disaster waiting to happen. But there's some things that I do think are qualities you need in a partner that shouldn't be similar to you, that it's nice to have somebody who is the opposite of you because it adds variety, but it also can ground you in a Mm -hmm. way um, or make you express a certain side of yourself that you don't commonly do or or have been afraid to do. And it almost is encouraging. And I'm curious, do you find that like in your relationship with Blaine, like are there any opposite qualities that each of you have that kind of highlight or ground the other person? Yeah, no, I was going to say... Like, I feel like when people ask that question, they get so stuck on the like, well, they're not the complete, like, like, I don't date the complete opposite of me. And I don't think that that's what it means. I think it's more like what you said, like opposite qualities that almost balance you out. Because if I were to date the exact same human as myself, I would literally freak out because um, I'm a lot to handle and I don't want another person of me. To like, mm-hmm. to like, um, you know, have to do life with and stuff. But yeah, Blaine and I, like, I feel like we are very, very similar in specific aspects. Um, for example, like we both really like to talk through things when, uh, things get hard or, you know, if we have a disagreement or something like we always, we always try to talk through it. Um, which is, you know, a lot different than, you know, how I've been in past relationships where like I want to talk through it and the other person doesn't um that is a big one of how we're both similar um but then there's like you know qualities about us where we are different like for example like something as silly as like Blaine is a night owl like I have come to realize lately 
that all of my very, very good friends are all night owls. Because we're superior. And I am the grandmother. I will (laughs) forever be the grandma of the group. Um, But in a sense, like this, (laughs) this is very silly. Like it works for us because um, like, and now with his schedule, it's we're a little bit more in the same, mm-hmm. you know, schedule or whatever. But like, I wake up early, I take the dogs out, I feed them breakfast, I go about my merry day, I do the things that I want to do in the morning, and then I come home. And you know, when I'm done with that, he's awake. We do things together, um, and then I pass out on the couch, and he takes the dogs out at night. See, we are <laughs> a very big happy family. Like we work, it it works for us. It like it. It works. Um, But I would also say that I think it also works for our friendship because I am a night owl uh, and you are an early bird. And if we were both night owls, we would go on vacations and then be like late to everything, never go to get breakfast. Like we would sleep in and then never get anything done. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if we were both early birds, I mean, that probably is like fine, but we would never, like, I think when we go on vacations, you force me to get up early. Not like you like force, force me, but you encourage me Mm -hmm. to want to get up early. Cause I'm like, well, I don't want her just sitting there. twiddling her thumbs while I'm still asleep. And I tell you multiple times, when you wake up, like, please, like, like wake me up because I would notoriously just keep hitting snooze. And, mm-hmm. like, I don't want you to be, like, done getting ready and then you're just sitting around waiting on me. Like, I feel bad. But you never do. And I know. <laughs> I know. I'm the same and way with Blaine. I think when I like staying up late. So when we go out at night, you always want to go to bed. But I'm like, no, let, let's go drinks mm-hmm. let's go out let's go have a fun time we're on vacation let's go do things and um i think yeah. it forces you to be more social and like oh 100 you know, just more into the day yeah and i feel like that's like another reason why i feel like blaine and i like really level each other out with that is like you know if if i know we need to do things like i'll go ahead and get up get us up good get us going and then like when i like don't want to go do things at night he's like no 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 no. like it's saturday like let's go do something and so um yeah, I mean, with silly things like that, I definitely think that we it is a it is attractive to be with somebody who is not 100% like you in those kind of things. It kind of pushes you outside of your norm, and I think that's what I like the most about it is that mm-hmm. like we we push each other to do things different ways than we've done our entire life mm-hmm. and I mean, even now I've got, I've got Blaine going to bed earlier than me, which is so funny, but he has to wake up really early for work. So, um, but yeah, it worked now it works perfect. Cause I can get up and go to my workout class while he goes to work. <laughs> but I will say though, I think, you know, to continue on with the night out early bird thing, I think it works out in a way because when you have children, like one day, um, you, you're not going to have to fight over who is going to get up or something, something like that, like, like that, like if it's later in the mm-hmm. night he can do it if it's early in the morning you can do it so you kind of have that equilibrium with it but i also think you know with some couples like it kind of also could be a good thing because it helps to encourage you to make the most out of spending time together and i, I think also there's just different things you can do early in the morning versus like late at night that will help like strengthen your relationship so like just being more social in the evening meeting other people you know it's a different vibe it's a completely different energy that 
those two times a day bring oh, 100% that yeah. highlight different parts of your relationship. Um, and you can, you know, be proactive, get stuff done, but in the morning, but then also like want to lounge around in the evening, I'm not saying you always have to go out in the evening, but you could spend that like, you know, more quality time snuggling up together in the evening, um, whichever you want to do. But I think that one is a fine one. Another one I wanted to mention, because this one for me, I feel like you guys are opposites in that you're an extrovert, he's an introvert, even though I know a lot of people would probably say the opposite. Um, But from my point of view, that's how I view it. And I'm somebody where I... I could never date an introvert. I tried. My first boyfriend was an introvert and it was God awful um, because he was so anxious to be around anybody. Like I had to hold his hand at prom and I mm-hmm. felt like his mom. And I was like, okay, like I, I am a social butterfly. Like I do like socializing. I am very extroverted. I will go up into a stranger and just talk to them. Uh, right. But I could never date somebody who I felt like couldn't be independent without me being around them, like in a social setting or something like that. Um, it's just, I don't want to feel like I have to hold your hand in those kind of moments. Like I want you to be able to stand on your own. And that's one thing I've always done. Like it, it is nerve wracking to like meet, be with a guy and like be introduced to his friends. Like I've done that before. Like when I was dating the doctor, I went over to one of his friend's house with him and I, I didn't want him to have to feel like he had to stand beside me the whole night. And I was like, that I could carry my own and, you know, he could, you know, go meet with his friends, but I could also socialize with the people and in his life and, you know, hang out and talk to them and feel fine. Like I never right. want people to feel that way uh, with me. Um, and if people want to do that, that's totally on, that's on them. They totally can. I'm no pressure. Um, but yeah, that's just what I like. I like, you know, being able to feel like, you know, we can be social and, you know, I just am attracted to that energy um, mm-hmm. more. But yeah. do you guys think, do you think you're opposites in that? Um, I think we're opposites in certain scenarios. Um, like I'm way more, um, willing to get up and go do and like go, you know, shopping or go like hang out with people or run errands or, um, want to get up in the morning and like go get a coffee. Um, that's fun for me. Whereas Blaine is like, I do not want to leave the house for 12 hours until I have energy. And, um, so, but he, he, uh, he's definitely more extroverted when he's having like boost of energies um, mm-hmm. or like it's, he's super excited to see somebody he hasn't seen in a while. He's definitely not one like me. I feel like you and I, like we would hang out all the time, like every week. Uh, and like Blaine and his best friend would like hang out like <laughs> once every a two month. months or something <laughs> crazy like that. So um I definitely think that I appreciate him being a little bit more introverted than me because I feel like I gain back some energy by being in his presence. Like I don't Mm. feel like I constantly have to be on and energetic and bubbly like when I'm at home with him, which is really nice because I do exert a lot of that energy out like at my job and just like in other social settings. So it's really nice to come home and feel like we can kind of just be together and not feel like I have to be a hundred percent on all of the time. And so I really do appreciate that. Um, but see, I feel the opposite in those scenarios where somebody is more like as extroverted as me, at least I, 
I don't feel like I need to be over extroverted. I can just be my normal self. But if mm. somebody's more introverted, I feel sometimes the need to be like more extroverted. Like it's more draining in some yeah. way. Well, and I will say that like he's way more extroverted with me than with like new people. Like mm-hmm. he he meets me at my level when I am like high energy um, for the most part. But but yeah, I don't know. It's calming in a sense. I don't really think I'm a hundred percent an extrovert. I think I'm an ambivert, which is like the oh, one that's a little bit of both. I classify you as an extrovert because I know you so well. Anybody else that met you would say you're definitely an introvert because when I tell people you're an extrovert, they're like, "Wait, Hannah." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? I think it's because I don't show my 100% personality to everybody. You um, don't? No. Like, my best friends and some of my coworkers have seen it. Uh, like, when I when I reach a good level of comfort, I will then be more and more myself, which I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But, <laughs> but yeah, so. I don't I, I I think it's really interesting that you like dating another extrovert i think i would be exhausted i've i've liked that since college yeah when i I, finally met somebody who was an extrovert and i was attracted to them and we were seeing each other i was like yes i like this and Mm -hmm. and and routinely the guys that i have always had an affinity to and like i still am attracted to extroverts and they're and i think it's also with coming being an extrovert there's also a level of confidence that you Mm -hmm. come with and now sometimes um, you can easily mix confidence with an ego. Um, yeah. But most of the time, that confidence is also what I'm finding attractive. And I guess the introverted guys that I have been with are not usually as confident. Mm-hmm. And that is unattractive to me. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't want to have to feel like I'm... Like, I don't... I like being the cheerleader. I love being the cheerleader. I love supporting people. I love lifting them up and everything. But I don't want to have to be, like, lifting you up from, like, rock bottom kind of thing. Like, yeah, that's I'm fair. now doing too much. I feel like I'm a mom now. Yeah. Um, but, and but, I, but, I, but, I... But, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I think that um, this... These are things that I never thought about, like, going into dating. Like, I... I mean, I think you go with the like, oh, I'm attracted to him like physically and like I really like his personality or, you know, um, I don't know. Like there's something about like some quality about it, but I've never I don't think I've ever sat down and been like, okay, you know what? He he also is very extroverted and I am really attracted to extrovert. So I just think it's really interesting that we're talking about this and like definitely think if I were back in the dating game, I would be a little bit more analytical with like reasons why I like a person. Mm-hmm. Well, so. I think for you and Blaine, this is something that, I mean, I've never gotten to that point where, you know, we're living together. So like, this is a thing that matters, but like the big spender versus like the penny pincher, um, you like shopping, even though you, you're good about money, you like shopping a lot. And I know Blaine is always like budget. <laughs> He's a Capricorn through and fucking through. It's um, not, you're it's an not, even, it's not even a budget. It's just like, I have, he's like, Oh, I've not, I have not bought anything for myself in like five months. And I'm like, <laughs> go on Amazon now, now <laughs> hit of dopamine now. Um, no, I think the big, the big difference between us with like, when it comes to finances is I'm very good at saving money, but I'm also very good at spending it. But for me, yeah, you gotta spend it to have it come back. It's just manifestation. Listen, listen I'm just manifesting more money. You know, it's fine. But <laughs> My big thing is I take trips and I take big trips and that is where Blaine and I differ. He's like, Mm. I don't, he's like, I don't want to know how much 
your New York trip is. And I'm like, I'm never going to tell you. Don't worry about it. Like, don't worry about it. Well, because, it. like, I, and I'm personally, I think it's also with our age, too. I'm not the age where I'm going to penny pinch to get, like, the affordable sleep-in motel, like, in Brooklyn or something like that. Like, hell no. If I'm going on a trip at almost 30 years old, I'm staying wherever the heck I want to stay. Mm-hmm. I am going to get an Uber Black from the airport so that I can have some air conditioning. Um, and also, like, we're just not going to do Airbnb care. if we don't have to. No, like, no, we're because do you, a hotel. honestly, you end up spending more money on an Airbnb. Let's and be real. you have to clean it. Yeah, that's, I know, I know. And my bachelorette, I was like, why are we clear? This house is cleaner than it was when we got here. But also at the same time, I don't know how many of those girls could have fit in a hotel. So No, it wouldn't have yeah. worked. It wouldn't have worked. But no, I, yeah, I definitely don't think that I am a penny pincher because I, like, I, like my family didn't coupon. Like, I feel, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, you know, those, like, those people that are like, I will. Now, I do have honey on my laptop. Yeah. On my on my um, desktop, my mom I think and went through a phase where she had like she had a binder temporarily, but then like that didn't that bind- didn't continue. A binder, I love it. <laughs> that didn't stick. I love it. <laughs> but that's my thing. Is like I I am more of a quality over quantity kind of person in everything that I do, and so even if it's me and and this is totally like privileged sounding, but even if it's me spending like a little bit more on a nice pair of pajamas that I'm going to wear 50 times versus like a cheap pair of pajamas from Walmart that are going to rip in, you know, by the fifth wash, like I'm going to spend a little bit extra on myself because like I, I want to do that for myself and I want to spoil myself. And like I do, I do, I do work really hard and I save a lot of money and just, oh, and that way, too, you're also being a little bit more sustainable instead of just, you know, getting fast fashion that can easily be, like, you know... Right. Like, disintegrated, like, in a couple wears and throwing away and having to buy something else. Like, you're you're getting something a little bit more expensive because mm-hmm. you have the privilege and ability to, and you're also, you know, not wasting, like... Right, right, right. So, yeah, but I think it's probably a good thing if you have a couple that is like that because, I mean, if you have... <laughs> Two big spenders, and you don't have the buy money, buy <laughs> savings account. <laughs> you don't have the checking account to support that. Then it's not good. Like you need somebody who's like the backup house person who's yes. going to be in charge of the books, and they're going to do all the budgeting, the finance, and the bills. And then you need the front of the house person who's going to make the place look nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I think too, like especially with Blaine and I, like. I encourage him to spend. He encourages me to save. And like, it's a nice, again, a nice balance of like, like I, I know when I've spent too much cause it'd be like, Oh, another target trip. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I, and I've taken back more. Th- I will say I have taken back more things this year than I have kept from purchases. Okay. So I'd be making that money back. It's fine. But I also want to say, I, I also would not, I would not want to be in a relationship where the person is like a penny pitcher and that's fine. Like you're good. You're grounding me. You're helping me keep to a budget, but also don't criticize how I spent my money. Mm -hmm. Like if it's not like a joint bank account or anything like that, like we're not sharing the funds kind of thing. We're not like, you know, having a house together. I'm talking like, you know, early dating kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Um, not like a marriage. Do you think I would have gotten married to a man that told me what I could and could not buy? Exactly. I I know women who are in lean on. I know women who are in relationships and marriages that are like that with like, well, I need to check with him first. I'm like, no. you make your own money. Mm-mm. This Mm-mm. is 2023. I am not going no. to ask my husband if I can buy a t-shirt before no. I buy oh. a t-shirt. I, those words have never come out of my mouth. 
because yeah. like like yes we we have our like we have separate bank accounts for right now we will probably at least keep part like part of what we make separate because we like we like to be able to buy our own things i don't want to have to text him and say hey i need a pair of shoes like i just don't want to deal with that we mm-hmm. both make enough to where we still pay our bills like everything gets paid we care for our dogs we care for each other we care for our house we care for our cars yada yada and i'm like i will buy taylor swift tickets if i want to buy taylor swift tickets i have mm-hmm. the means i have the money like i'm not i'm not asking you permission i will tell you um, but that's not me asking. I'm not you should asking. just trust that I'm responsible enough that I'm going to be able to like right. anything that like, we have together, like the house or whatever, like I, I can afford to, mm-hmm. I will have enough money until the end of the day to be right. able to afford these things. And I think that's the whole point is to just communicate about like, you know, finding a happy medium for you as a couple. It's fine mm-hmm. to be a bigger spender but also like learning from your partner too. Like if they are better at saving money, like learning ways that you can implement small ways to save so that you are set up for success in the future. Um, I think, I think that that's the big thing about like people who are a little bit opposite is that you have so much to learn from the other person that you can kind of let trickle into your life as it like feels right. So what about the person who is a mess, who's messy versus like the neat freak? Well, that's just (laughs) non-negotiable. That's a non-negotiable that for me. That is a thing. Oh, and I don't. I'm, I don't think I've ever. I've dated one guy. I don't think I've ever talked about him on this podcast. It was last year, briefly, um, for like a month. He was clean, and that was one of the most attractive things about him was how clean he was. Other than that, I've never dated a clean guy in my life. And they all claim that I. I am. I don't know if I'm a complete Monica Geller neat freak. I. I'm on the borderline, though. I'm, I'm right there. I will say my room and my apartment is a reflection of my mental health. I was about to say the exact same thing. And if currently, it is, it is chaos. <laughs> if it is messy, if there's, like, you know, clothes piling up, there's things everywhere. There's cups everywhere. Um, the dishes haven't been taken out of the dishwasher, whatever it may be, because that's one thing. You will never see dirty dishes in my sink piling up will never happen my mother ingrained that in me mm-hmm. and it will never happen mm-hmm. but if you see a mess it's probably because i am so stressed and overwhelmed with everything going on in my life that i i don't have time and i need help and i think it's a good sign to say hey if i'm living with somebody and they're like oh my god the place has gotten chaotic something's going on like she needs help in some way um that's my acts of service is my love language but um I do try my best to keep my place very clean. And it all comes down to I feel when it's messy, it's chaotic. My brain's chaotic. I can't think. And while sometimes I did grow up thinking like everything had its place, chaotic mess kind of vibe. But then I got older and was like, this is not a way to live. (laughs) And I also just don't want bugs. Yeah. Straight up, I just don't want bugs. And staying clean helps prevent bugs. Mm -hmm. And I also just care about how I present my apartment. Even if I'm not having people over, I still like having a clean apartment and like how it looks and just tidy. And I don't have to worry about, you know, if somebody was to randomly come over, straighten everything up. I just like the appearance of it. And I don't like having to, I like not having to worry about bugs. Yeah. No. At the end of the day. 100%. Yeah. And if I dated somebody who was, like, it's fine. You can, There's a difference between being messy and dirty. 
Yeah, I don't do dirty. I cannot do somebody who's dirty. My biggest ick and surefire way for me to immediately lose interest in you is if going into a man's apartment, going to use the bathroom. I was going to say the bathroom. <laughs> it is the it is like war World War Three in there sometimes because I immediate ick if you have beard hair in the sink. What the fuck, first of all? Like, you don't know how to get a toilet paper and just wipe it up? Because, one, don't don't rinse it down the sink. That's how you clog the fucking drain, first mm-hmm. of all. Mm-hmm. Which is what they do most of the time. And this is not something that happens, like, you know, they stop doing it after the age of 40. No, I've seen grown men still doing this. And I'm like, dude, just wipe it up. And then also learn to, like, get some Clorox, get a, like, toilet brush cleaner. Clean your toilet. On top I know, of that, I, know. I feel I will do almost anything other than use a man's bathroom. It is my, it is hell on earth for me. It's my least favorite place on earth. I feel more dirty going into a man's bathroom than I did. Like I, I feel more dirty coming out of a man's bathroom than I did going into it. Yes. And that should be the opposite effect of a bathroom. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's nine times out of 10. It's pretty horrific. Um, yeah. Oh God. That took me back to like college frat party days. Like nowadays, cause if you know I saw me, that, you know me, I can't hold my bladder, especially when I'm drinking. <laughs> so I, I was using those bathrooms and I was mm. dying every, every step of the way. And there's no toilet paper. Never, and never. You're t- using like a fucking tissue. <laughs> and that bath towel has been used probably like 20 times. And oh, it's I don't to smell like mildew. I don't dry my hands. I wash them and I dry them on, on my pants. I am not touching any towels in a man's mm. bathroom. Mm. Yeah, so that's one thing opposite. Like, I don't, I would love it if a man is just as clean as me. Like, honestly, that's really attractive. Like I said, I dated a guy because that was one of his qualities. Um, I don't think I could date somebody who was messy, like messy, messy. Like, there's like little things in every now and then, like, it's fine if you don't make your bed every day. That's not like an end all be all. I get it. That's totally fine. But if we got garbage piling up, we got dishes piling up, we got grime everywhere. If I walk barefoot in your house and my feet are suddenly dirty and I feel like I'm walking on sand, it's just a no-go for me. Especially you got pets. You need to be extra clean. I don't, no excuses. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like, I, I, came, I came home today and uh, Blaine had vacuumed and I was like, mm-hmm. yep, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> I, do appre- I do appreciate that. <laughs> How, I, and I don't, I don't mean this one in a negative way, because um, I, d- I definitely do think this is a tricky dynamic. Um, the pessimist versus like the optimist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just comes down to some people being very deeply reflective and self-aware um, versus someone who just chooses to see like, the better things in life and not be so realistic about everything. Um, I'm somebody where I can definitely be realist. Definitely can always be a realist. I am usually it's the first place I go to, but I choose to be optimistic Mm -hmm. and I choose to see a better side and that there's something better or this is, there's, there's a reason this happened for a good reason um, because it's just not healthy for me to kind of stay in that realistic mindset all the time and because it can lead to pessimism. But, I mean, I've dated, I've dated guys, the writer being one of them, who I felt was more, and the musician, the musician, oh, God, he was, 
also the mess maker too. Uh, but he was pessimistic. And at the time, yes, he was battling with mental health issues that I was not aware about. He did not disclose them to me. So I had no idea. Thought this was just how he was. Um, and I, like I said, I like being the cheerleader, but I also felt like I was doing stand-up comedy 24-7. Like I'm constantly having to be on all the time and just do anything to kind of get a smile out of you. And it is totally fine. Like if I tell you I have this dream and I've, I, this is what happens when I think you are creative at your soul and you date people who are not creatives, which is another opposite we're going to get into. Um, I've dated guys where I tell them my dreams, like, oh, I want an Oscar one day. Um, and they're like, well, you know, that's just the real, the reality of that, you know, the chances of that, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, this is not the time or place for that. Like, why are you constantly trying to bring me down? And that's how it always felt. Like they were trying to deflate my balloon in a way. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, why am I trying, why are you deflating my balloon? And then I'm constantly having to inflate yours. Like it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. a fair game in a way. Um, so I, I don't think, I don't think it's bad to be a positive Paul, positive Penelope yeah. all the time. Like, I think it's, I think it's nice. And, um, you know, there are times where you need that balance of like, no, like we actually need to be like realistic in this moment. But I think it's also just, you know, being with people who can read the room a little bit better, read tone. Um, yeah, I'm curious if, if this is something you've ever had to work with in friendships, not just only relationships. Um, oh, yeah, definitely friendships. Um, I definitely have friends that are a little bit more on the, like, pessimistic side. And I don't really know where I fall on this scale always because – Sometimes I am more of a realist. I worry a lot. I analyze things a little bit too deeply. I'm an overthinker. Um, And so sometimes I do fall into the like, woe is me. Everything sucks. Um, And my husband is really good about playing devil's advocate, which I used to hate because my mom played devil's advocate all the time when I was like in high school. And I was like, I don't want your opposite of Like, I don't want to know what you think. Um, But now I really, really appreciate when my mom and my husband do that because um, it kind of brings me out of that like pessimistic slump that I was in. Um, I also try to surround my people with, surround myself with people who are more optimistic and who who are more um, like go-getters and... don't think so deeply into like how things could go wrong. And I think that helps a lot. And I think it's just dependent on the subject too, like what, Mm -hmm. like what the discussion is or, um, you know, what the topic of conversation is too. Cause some, cause some topics I feel like I will forever have a pessimistic view of. And then some I'm like, you know what, like I could flip the narrative here, um, and be a little bit more like, positive thinking so yeah well I think it comes down to like somebody who's a free thinker versus logical on yeah. top of that yeah and I am definitely always been like the free thinker like I don't really think logistically a lot of the time and um I definitely do always need somebody who is a little bit more logical but not like someone who's going to like rain on my parade kind oh, yeah, of no. vibe no like I I would want to be with somebody who encourages my free thinking and who 
is attracted to that part of me and they love that part of me and they love this, you know, very artistic, creative driven person. And then you have somebody else who's a little bit more logical, a little bit more realist and they can kind of, you know, in moments of dire need, bring you down and be like, okay, I need you to actually look at the bigger picture for two seconds because it's not, that's not the first thought I always have. Mm-hmm. And, um, be like, I need you to like, get down to the nitty gritty and like we need to like get into the details of these little things um because if if I have my way I'm always gonna dream big I'm always gonna you know think that I can reach the stars in the moon and you know I want somebody who also is gonna try to reach the stars in the moon with me but also if if we need like a temperature check they can be like okay pause for one second like we need to actually be a little bit more logical about this and that's like in anything that's like with you know me moving to LA with me um uh, if I was to ever want to like quit my job and like do freelance writing like full time, if I was to you know want to use all my savings account to buy fund a movie or something like that, it's like okay, whoa now like let's be a little bit more like logical here. Like how can we actually do that? And it actually helps. And I think a lot of creative partners, especially writers, directors, they have that. It's called a producer, um, and <laughs> they are the ones who can be the logical person because that's their job. Yeah. And I think that that's why I also look for in a partnership is. Um, the producer, I guess, to my direct director, writer <laughs> persona. Um, I like that. Yeah. But, but yeah. And then and the last one I was thinking of, which kind of coincides with that is the risk taker versus the scaredy cat in mm. a way. I think I've been both. So I don't, I, and I don't know what I am in a relationship. I think. But Belinda doesn't think encourage you to be a risk taker though, which is what you need. You said he does? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And he's very good about being, like, almost logistical about it. Like, okay, here are the things that you need to do. <laughs> he brings um, the Capricorn energy out for 1, sure. thousand percent, uh, which is super helpful. Because I do feel like I am a little bit more on the, like, scaredy cat edge sometimes, especially when it comes to myself and putting myself out there, putting the creative side of myself out there, the, like, hardworking, like left brain side, Hannah, I put out there all the time with my job, but like the creative, like music side of me, Mm -hmm. I am way more like hesitant to, because I never feel like it's good enough. And so it's really encouraging to have somebody who's like, no, just like freaking do it. Like just do it. Worst they can do is say they don't like you. It's also why I have you as a friend. Not the only reason, but like one of the reasons. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, I mean, I am a risk taker, and I have dated people, and it's usually other creatives, who are scaredy cats. Mm-hmm. The musician was one of them, and mm-hmm. I encouraged him to release an album and release music constantly, and he was nervous, and then, um, you know, we ended things, and then, like, a year later, I think he dropped an album or something. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, I, again, it goes me back to me being a cheerleader um, at the same time. Uh, but I am somebody, I definitely take risks. I I can be, you know, a, non, a non-risk taker sometimes, but it's not because I'm a scaredy cat. It's just because I'm very comfortable. But then I realize, oh, shit, I'm comfortable. I don't like it when I'm always comfortable because then it's me settling. And when I'm uncomfortable is when I grow. And I've always said that. I've always said you grow when 
in your most uncomfortable places because I think it gives you a chance to see what you can make of yourself and what I think you really can learn about yourself in those moments. And so that's why I usually like those um, taking risks. And it's just never been scary because I'm like, what's the worst that can happen? But then you have somebody who can be a partner and say, well, this, this, and this Mm -hmm. could be the negative outfit Mm -hmm. outcomes, which sometimes it's nice and you need to know, but at the same time, um, it also comes down to trust, I think, and trusting that I, I know what I'm doing. I'm not being dumb by taking this risk. And, um, I've also dated people who are also risk takers. And I do think it's also attractive because I think in a way you're just, you're showing that I can trust you and you're showing that you have enough confidence to believe in yourself. And I think, taking a risk on yourself is a really attractive thing. And, uh, you know, it comes down to, you know, this is one reason why I've dated artists for so long, because they are some of the people who, while can be the hardest on themselves, are also some of the most driven people I've met. And when they accomplish things, it's just um, absolutely astounding to watch. And, you almost feel like when they're your partner, you feel like so proud of them. Even when they're your friend, you feel so proud. Um, because it's just like, wow, like you, you really said, just watch me do the thing that I always said I was going to do. I don't, I know you've doubted me. I'm going to take the risk. And, uh, I think it's always really rewarding to watch. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think, I think those are things where I think, you know, if you have two people who are scaredy cats in a way together, you're not going to grow in any mm-hmm. way. I think mm-hmm. by having the opposites in those ways, you can help each other. Um, but yeah, I, I think two risk takers together, it could be good, but it also could be very scary. You know what it's time. giving? It's giving the hangover vibes. <laughs> That's giving you hangover vibes? The movie. No, I know. I know you're talking about the movie, but like, <laughs> that's what you thought of yeah everybody that's what you like everybody of. taking the risk and ending up on the roof <laughs> that's what i thought that's of. what you thought of okay <laughs> that's not where my brain went at all <laughs> you have vegas on your mind way too much i do i'm ready to go listen i am so ready to go no no but yeah i think i think you bring up a good point i think i think the coolest thing about dating somebody who is a little bit different than you is seeing how they can push you and how you guys can grow together and learn how to make compromises and learn how to better support the other person too, because you're not going to always be surrounded by somebody who thinks and does exactly like you do. And so it kind of pushes you to learn something different and learn how to, you know, interact and communicate with those people and like be in a relationship with those people may not work out, but it does teach you something in the long run. So look at that. I think that's a survival tip for today. Mic job. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i i I will continue to date similar people but we also know that i need to look out for things that are the opposite it's okay you are you are on your dating learning journey (laughs) probably should go on a date first yeah true (laughs) vegas
And so that does it for today's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. Also like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com, and our personal social media, which we will have linked in our show notes. Also, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. And then if you're listening to us on Spotify, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey. Bye.